You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. In a world where film studios have pillaged every young adult novel, DC'd every comic book series, and Frankenstein every silver screen monster in search of the next movie mega franchise. Two nerds. Two movies. One cinematic universe. This is Jasper. And this is Randy. We watched two movies. We're going to talk about them. Yay! <laughs> we're expecting something clever to happen there? Yeah. Oh, probably not. We ain't doing that no more. No. Because we're not good at it. We're not good at little clever couch gags. Welcome welcome to season four, episode 22, 23? No. No, 21. No. 30-something. 30 30-something? 30 Jesus Christ, I'm way behind. Yeah, you were checked out for about a season. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> hey, I got, I, got, I got some pep in my step now. Good. So season four, Jasper, I'm super excited for this season because randomly you suggested a theme. I was contemplating not doing a theme, just going back to old school random movies. You, maybe you tried to sweet talk me so I wouldn't be mad at you for the season three finale. I don't know. But uh, I have a, by the look on your face, I'm guessing I just <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> 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 so what's the theme? What did you, this is your, by the way, once this we is, get it. This is now hashtag season four. But it'd be hashtag horror. Horror. <laughs> yeah, we're doing horror movies. Uh, so <laughs> remember, as we get further into the season, Jasper, mm-hmm. and I show you the depths of trash horror and the heights of pure terror, you did this to yourself. Yeah. 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 I kind of saw that with the, uh, when we went into Halloween here. Really? Yeah. Which, which aspect? Oh, <laughs> uh, just. Weird. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's not bury the lead anymore. Not only is this the first episode, if you don't count our Friday the 13th special, which you should, spoilers, there's going to be more Friday the 13th specials. That's going to be a running theme this season. Not only is it the beginning of season four, in which we will be covering horror movies, or at least a horror movie, and maybe occasionally we'll throw something else in there, all season, it's also October. If you know me, you know one Halloween special isn't good enough. You're getting two. Basically because our podcast puts out two episodes in October, so you're getting two Halloween specials. Uh, Here's what we're talking about this episode. We are talking about... The 2014 The Guest. And Halloween 3 Season of the Witch from 1982. Which I have my my, some points I want to hit with that. About the year? title alone. Oh, the title? Okay. No, yeah, that's fair. Okay. But but we're not starting with that, are we, Jasper? No, no. We're going we're going over here to Ryan Goss. I mean, um <laughs> what's his name? It's not Ryan Goss. Dan Stevensville. Yes. So the guest from twenty fourteen, a soldier introduces himself to the Peterson family, claiming to be a friend of their son who died in action. After the young man is welcomed into their home, a series of accidental deaths seem to be connected to his presence. Director of this is Adam Wingard. Writer is Simon Barrett. It stars Dan Stevens as David. Micah Monroe as Anna Peterson. Brendan Meyer as Luke Peterson. Uh, Leland Orser as Spencer. Lance Reddick as Major Carver. And uh, Tabitha Sean as Kristen. So Dan Stevens is, uh, apparently, I think he was in Downton Abbey. Yeah. But I know him specifically from Legion, the FX series that I think just finished airing its final season, in which he plays an equally odd and uncomfortable character as he does in this. Mm -hmm. Mika, Mike, whatever her name is, was in It Follows, one of my favorite modern horror movies of all time. (laughs) Wait, modern horror movies of all time? Does that make sense? Yes. That's an oxymoron. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, one of my favorite recent horror movies actually came out in 2014 so she was hitting the 80s 80s aesthetic movies that year and then the brother was in the recently canceled oa series on netflix 
And I don't think the mic will pick any of this up, but if it does, there is a fittingly ambient thunderstorm. Yes. Going on here in the studio. All right. So the guest. Well, not in the studio, but <laughs> outside the studio. The guest, Jasper. Yeah. Had you ever seen this before? I had not. Had you ever heard of this? Uh, no, actually. This I haven't heard. I didn't hear anything. When I saw, because I, sometimes when you send me movies that we're going to watch, I watch the trailer just to kind of get that feel of what it was mm-hmm. when it came out. It looks familiar, but I feel like I've never heard of this movie. Uh, the budget cost $5 million. It made $2.5 million, so it was not a success. Yeah, my first thought on this movie when I when I watched it is Ryan Gosling could have played in this movie. Yeah. Just copy-paste. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's got that feel and like, I mean, he's a different... Dan Stevens, his character's David, definitely has a different thing going on than Ryan Gosling's character from Drive, but you know, kind of thin, white, blonde-haired, very stoic, or dirty brown, dirty blonde-haired, stoic males in a movie with a very synth, retro synth-style score. So, okay, beyond that. Here's the weird thing about the movie is they never really tell you why he went to them personally. Well, okay. So if we're going to go, we're going to go like break down the plot. Let's do it then real quick. Mm-hmm. This guy shows up at this family's house. Like your synopsis said, he says he's a friend of their son who died in uh, I, the middle East well, somewhere. Yeah, I'm assuming Afghanistan Iraq. or yeah. Iraq. Yeah. Something, you know, that war that we've been in for almost two decades now. Back on track. Grant. <laughs> what? That's what, what the movie's about. Okay. All right. Yeah, the war on oil. Yeah. So, the war on oil. The war for as much oil as we can get. It's the never-ending war. Anyway, and the guy is intense. Like, super friendly, but uncomfortably friendly. And he is very stoic. He's definitely overly polite. Like, if I met this guy, I would react like this, like the daughter does. Although she's, I mean, she's 20, but... She's got like teenage girl thing going on where she just kind of got an attitude all the time. Yeah. I would be off put by this guy anyway. They invite him to stay for a while because he said he was friends with her son. And then accident. I mean, yeah, there's some accidental deaths. There's some straight up murders happen. And yeah, it's so the setup is very much thriller. I read somewhere that they had intentionally paced it like a thriller, but structured the plot like a horror movie which I thought was interesting because this does have, you can feel elements of both thriller and it. If you look at the story itself, it feels more thriller than anything, but it does have kind of the horror structure, especially the end. But there's also like, there's some stuff that comes out of left field. It's totally one of those thrillers. It's like somebody shows up, they're all nice, but bad things are happening. He's obsessed with this family. And then it throws this weird twist into it, which really is it's so strange. Like I remember the first time watching it being like, what is this movie? Where is this going? But what you're saying is like, why do you go to this family? Even if he wasn't the guy he was saying he was, I think he was still one of the guys. I think he knew that his, their son. That's the impression I got. My thing with this one is it like, so I was telling you in a previous chat that it was a lot like drive. And so like it kind of had that, just that creepy. It has a synth synth music behind it, kind of that creepy tone about him. He really got me when he was like sitting on the bed all the time, and he'd just be like staring at the the wall. Oh, so I okay, so I love that. That is one of the things. Until it does take that weird twist where the movie takes a turn and then kind of ramps up to the end. Up until that point, it is pretty straightforward thriller, except the way they handle him makes it more interesting to me the way that he is like robotic. And part of that is, so drive was an inspiration on this movie and the Terminator. And specifically, this is what I had heard somewhere. I had heard the writer of the movie talk about, they were inspired by the Terminator. They wanted to make kind of like a Terminator type movie. And this is what they, they ended up coming up with. And if you watch the movie, because this this is the second time I'd seen this, if you watch the movie with that in mind, it totally makes sense. Like the fact that like he first shows up at the house, he's super friendly, you know, very proper, calls everybody ma'am or sir. And, and then when he's shown, he, well, you can stay in this room. And he goes to like, so he goes to the room and when there's nobody around, 
he just sits on the bed and stares like on blinking out the window, like, you know, like a machine, like I don't have to put on the act. So I'm just going to sit here and conserve as much energy as possible. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing else inside of him other than, you know, whatever striving this facade he's putting on when he's around them. And I think that makes it super interesting. And then even like the bar scene and anytime there's any kind of action, he's handled like a robot. He looks, he acts like a Terminator to where, you know, he punches a guy, somebody's coming at him and he does the like, just not the body turn, just the head turn, like robotic, like targeting, zoom in, lock on Mm -hmm. and then attacks. And they do that through the whole movie. And it kind of makes it fascinating looking at it from that perspective. I like the little like combat stuff, but I also like one of my favorite scenes is when she steals his phone and they see him walking around the house phone looking for it. I was like, you knew you took that. <laughs> like, uh-huh. but that now that you say Terminator, it's almost, that's almost like that, oh, I'm gonna find you. But what I, what I like about this was I, I like, it was kind of weird. I also kind of like the random, like, and the music was done. And then mm-hmm. it would, like, you would think, Oh, some, Oh no, no, nothing. Okay. Like, I don't know if that was like to kind of like jack you back into like getting ready for something. And then you're like, Oh, it was nothing. <laughs> so we kind of jumped into this r- review in a different, like, or this discussion in a different structure than we usually do. But my initial impressions, I'd watched this a few years ago and I really liked it. This rewatch. I don't know why I liked it way more. Like it hit, it hits everything right for me, man. It hits everything right. The score. I love the score. And I have a little bit of, trivia about the score the soundtrack it's all synthwave or actual 80s songs the score is very synthy totally fits with the other movie we're going to talk about tonight the score was by steve moore who according to this bit of trivia i was trying to find something to back this up i couldn't but it, like just from hearing from my ear it makes sense apparently composed the score used the same type of synthesizers that john carpenter and alan hallworth used for composing the score to Halloween three season of the witch. I like this movie a lot. <laughs> I like this movie a lot. I like, I think the performance by this guy, by Dan Stevens, I think it's really good in this. He is, you don't trust him. At least I don't. It's kind of, I had a, the, the big issue I had was like, you you try to like him and then you're like, Oh man, this dude's evil. Well, he does such nice things. Even when he does horrible things, He's super nice. Super spoilers. Jumping towards the end. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I'm just going to say right off the bat, I recommend this movie. So if you don't want it spoiled, go watch it. But at the end, essentially you think the kids have killed him. These things have gone hill, downhill and kids, the kids have to kill him. But the teens have killed him. The, teen, the one kid who's the closest to actually like being a friend That kid's got problems. We should talk about him too. Mm -hmm. But the one kid stabs him in the chest with a knife, the knife that he gave him, in fact. And as the guy's laying there, like he falls over, he's laying there dying. (laughs) Dude, his performance is amazing. He's like, don't worry about it. It's like, you did did the right thing. (laughs) He like gives the, he's sitting there, a knife sticking out of his chest. He gives him a thumbs up and a goofy smile. And he's like, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad about it. I'm like, dude. He just stabbed you. <laughs> like you were like, I just, I loved it. I love that part. I yeah, because my issue with the 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 boy, the son, was that he was, he's like, yeah, I don't care. You murdered people. Like I was like, okay, don't trust this guy in a school, right? Now. Like, oh, this- dude, yeah, the daughter kind of figures him out, points him out to the son, like just talking to the her brother, the son, and then the son just straight up like, so she thinks you killed these guys, these people. He starts to get the look like, oh, he's about to kill somebody. He's like, what do you think? He's like, I don't care. I don't care if you murdered people. And that's the first time, because there's a lot of interaction between him and the son. And I find it super interesting, like that bar scene. I love that bar scene, that bar fight. But the kid still seems very uncomfortable. He gives the kid a knife. And the kid seems unsettled by what he says, because he's like, you know, don't ever let anybody push you around. And then he's like, here. And he gives him the knife, a switchblade, or a butterfly knife. And he's like, so if they take it off of you, it's not a big deal. You should find out where they live and you burn their houses down with everyone, with their families inside. What's the worst they can do to you? And he plays it so nonchalant. Like, what's the worst they're going to do to you? 
and the kids are like, oh, oh, and that's like the first time you really get an inclination that like, there's something really wrong with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, because he even asked him why he carries around a butterfly knife because uh-huh. he did the whole, and then he's aggressively stabbing the pumpkin <laughs> as he's carving. But then the kid is pretty quick to like, yeah, I know you killed these people, but yeah, that's fine. There too, I was waiting for him to like slowly kind of tell him he did something, but to like make a just direct, like right turn and be like, oh, I know you killed these people. Not only that, like essentially ratted out his sister, like his sister's recruited him to like, hey, try to find information on this guy. I'm suspicious. This seems there's suspicious things happening. And the guy's like, so yeah, no, my sister thinks you killed so-and-so and and, uh, whatever. It's weird. It's interesting though. It makes the, it makes the brother character more interesting, but it's also like such a out of left field thing Mm -hmm. that I almost, you kind of begin to worry is going to get carried into the final act of the movie of like, okay, well, where's that going to go? But you know, he doesn't, like betray his sister or anything so yeah because he's like oh well who else did she tell and just smiles i was like dude the brother is responsible for him going and killing like the brother is not a good kid like he's all right with this guy murdering people Mm. it just becomes a problem when he's trying to murder him and his family i just my one of my favorite things between him and the kid was um when the kid attacks the other or basically defends himself against the other kid and he kneels down. And he's like, "What did you do?" And he goes, "Well, he called me the f word, not the four letter, not one. the f bomb, but the other f word." Yeah. yeah, the f bomb. And he goes, "And I hit him in the face with a yardstick. I broke a yardstick across his face." Yeah, and I was the like, guy like smiles and he just goes, "Awesome." Yeah, <laughs> dude, he is. He's enjoyable. Like he's a likable character. If he weren't a dead inside murderer, <laughs> like, yeah. just a cold blooded. Maniac murder. Just like, kills everybody. Because I actually, for some reason, it took me a second to catch on when he, um, spoiler alert, uh, when he kills the dad's regional manager. Yeah, which is all off screen. I was like, but I was like, whoa, 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 wait, what? And I was like, died. Yeah, they're like, about, what do they say? Like gunner, gunshot or stab wounds? No, no, it was, dead? no, it was even weirder. It was like overdosed on pills or something, but his wife had bruises. And the, the the father even when he's telling like is he's like I don't know they said that I don't even know what that means and that's like the whole thing that's all off screen that's a character we don't ever even see but the father character talks about it in front of David yeah and I was like when he's getting the guns and he was like he's like you gonna pay for it? he's like no I'm gonna kill you <laughs> yeah and then the guy oh, Ethan Henry ir- by the way yeah. Where it really irritated me was the dude runs away from him in a straight line I know knowing this guy. <laughs> I think both times I watched this, it was like serpentine, serpentine. <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie. Like I would always suggest this to someone to watch. It was just, it was so eerie. It was so good. Would you, would I say it's like a triple A movie? Probably not, but I don't have an issue with it. You critically, it's favorably reviewed. I think generally people, it's held in you know a decent regard. I just don't. It didn't seem to get a lot of. Like I, I don't remember why I watched it, but I don't, I don't recall hearing about it when it had come out. See, that's what's weird too. Is a couple of my friends have seen this movie, and I was like, "Oh, really?" I mean, really, we're talking about it because it's a movie that I really liked that I had watched at some point, and I remembered, "Oh yeah, there's three very familiar looking masks in that movie." Let's watch it with Halloween three. Yeah, and it actually fits Halloween three way better than I expected. Uh, not really in the plot, but in the tone the music and it was easy for me to come up with a cinematic universe for these. I'll just say that much. Yeah. The, the, um, again, spoiler to the ending. She, I like when she's like, you know, I'm just going to say, it, she's like, what the f-? <laughs> like it sees him walking and limping away. He's just unstoppable. He just keeps going and just murdering people. It does give that kind of Terminator feel the first Terminator feel of like, there's this dude and he's just going to keep coming until we're dead. Right. The very end, though, you mentioned about the, you know, the last line. I'm so, I like it. At first, like, I'm like, that's so cheesy. But I'm like, you know what? That is so cheesy. That is such a cheesy end. But I'm fine with it. It works. It's kind of fitting in a way. The cheesy horror movie ending. 
complete with like they're sitting in the ambulance. In fact, that specific ending is a nod to another movie. What is it? I was going to say, I feel like I've seen that scene a lot. I have too. But specifically, it's a nod to a movie where you think the villain's dead. And then he sneaks out at the very, you see him, he's like sneaks out at the very end in a firefighter's costume, which actually is probably in a couple movies now that I think about it. Okay, Jasper. Ratings. I'm going to give it a solid four. Four stars. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I liked, I liked this one. Um, like I said, I liked how it progressed. It kind of kept you in it. Slow, slow at the start, but then it picked up. Like he was just so intense. And that's why it was like almost like it's like Ryan Gosling and Drive. He just dun 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 you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stare. But uh yeah, I give it a solid four. Are you gonna hazard a guess at mine? Or are we gonna continue that tradition? Because you do pretty well at guessing my star ratings most times. Three and a half. Interesting. Okay, so looking back on my letterboxed when I re- when I logged this, the first time I watched it, I gave it a four stars. Upon this rewatch, maybe I would change my mind in the future. But I gave it five stars, dude. I love this movie. Like this rewatch especially. I don't know what it was. It just hit me the right way. Like I said, somehow I'm okay with that reading. I feel like knowing what to expect, I actually liked it more watching it this time. I could just kind of enjoy the ride of it a bit more maybe. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to give it five stars. I think it's really well. It's well made. And uh, the music music is spot on. And... Yeah, I don't know. I like I like I like everybody. I like the cast. It's just yeah, hit me just right, all the right ways. I was feeling it. I was grooving. <laughs> is that how that's how people review movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was I'll just I was feeling it. No, yeah. Just feeling in my bones. <laughs> By the way, The Guest is like a Halloween movie like Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Would you consider The Guest a Halloween movie? Mm, probably not because it thoroughly takes place at Halloween. It's right from the get go. The theme is there. It's Halloween time. There's jack-o'-lanterns. The end of the movie. My question was the prompt. Did the prom ever happen or the homecoming or whatever? No, they were setting it up. Remember? Oh, afterwards. I doubt it. I bet it was canceled that year. No, <laughs> you know, with all the murders, <laughs> with all the murders. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's not about Halloween necessarily. Yeah. But then again, are most Halloween movies really about Halloween? Halloween's not about Halloween. It's always like the week before Halloween. <laughs> okay. Well, from one Halloween tale about a crazed killer to another Halloween tale, uh, normally about a crazed killer, but this one isn't. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was going to get him in here. <laughs> no. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch from 1982. Overview. Dr. Daniel, is it Chal... Chalice? Chalice, yeah. I think it's how they say Chalice? Chalice? Yeah, I think they said Chalice in the movie. Chalice, okay. And Ellie Grimbridge stumble onto a gruesome murder scheme, murder scheme, when Ellie's novelty salesman father, Harry, is killed while in possession. This is a run-on sentence. Is killed while in possession of a Halloween mask made by the Silver Shamrock Mask Company. The company's over owner, Connell Cochran, wants to return Halloween to its darker roots using his masks and his unspeakable scheme would unleash death and destruction across the country. It feels a little spoilery to be honest, but it is a pretty good rundown of what the movie actually is without (laughs) telling you the insanity that the movie actually is written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. Also written by Nigel Neely. Now, before I get into the cast, I do have trivia about writing, directing situation. The director, this was his directorial debut, but he had a history with the Halloween franchise. Uh, He was the art director and production designer for the first Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween. And he had previously declined the offer to direct Halloween 2 because he was disappointed with the script. You and me both. You and me both, brother man. (laughs) Uh, So then he took up the opportunity to direct Halloween 3. After that, he went on to direct several other things, lots of TV, several movies. But since we're talking horror, uh, he directed Fright Night Part 2 and the It TV miniseries, uh, which is something that gets talked about a lot with It Chapter 2 coming out recently. And then... Oh, I didn't, I didn't note this stuff about the writer, but so this was written by 
a well-known sci-fi writer who John Carpenter was a fan of. He wrote the script and then was unhappy with the violence in the movie and sued the company to have his name removed from the movie. And that might have even been before the movie was out or produced. But the, the director also did revisions on the script. So, Starring Tom Atkins, Stacey Nelkin, Dan O'Hirely. And I'll leave it at that. But I wanted to mention, obviously, our two leads in the Dan O'Hirely. O'Hirely? O'Hirely? O'Hirely. Dan O'Hirely, if that's how it's pronounced. Uh, because, yeah, he's the villain. What did you know about this going into it? So I knew Halloween was where Mike Myers. Mike Myers? Michael Myers. Wayne? No. Okay. Sorry, Michael Myers? Okay. That's such a bad joke. Anyway. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I knew this is where Mike Myers is from, or the series that spawned him. Um, and then so I was waiting for him the whole movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I... I know of Halloween, the first one, did not know the third one, and I did not know it was called Season of the Witch, which brings me to my point that it had nothing to do with a witch. Are you sure? Yes. There's a witch mask. Yeah, there's also a pumpkin mask. And a skull mask. And a skull mask. So, Well, Season of the Skull doesn't have the same ring to it. This is the one Halloween movie in the Halloween franchise that has nothing to do with Michael Myers. However, the Halloween movie is a movie in this universe, the universe of this movie. Yeah. Uh, I always thought that was like a fun nod, but the more I think about it, I think that was an intentional, like, you're not going to get Michael Myers in this because Halloween is just a movie in this movie. This movie, it made its money, but it underperformed, as they say. Mm. And critically, it bombed with the critics and a lot of other people because it they they wanted Michael Myers. Now, the reasoning behind them doing this is... First off, Carpenter never wanted to do a sequel to the Michael Michael Myers story. He always wanted, even though he did the sequel to the Michael Myers story, he always wanted, Michael Myers was supposed to be, you know, first Halloween, supposed to be one and done. He disappears. Essentially, he's the boogeyman. Like, that's it. Mm. Of course, then Carpenter had, uh, he didn't direct the second one, but he, I believe, wrote it and he did produce it. Because he had tax troubles and he needed money. And the and the studio was on him. Like, we want a sequel. We want a sequel. Halloween did so good. Mm-hmm. So this one, I feel like, was his kind of way to write that. And his idea was he wanted to produce a new Halloween movie every year. And it would basically become an anthology series. Every movie was its own tale that had to do with Halloween. Mm-hmm. But that's why this this was supposed to be the first of those. That's why this was... You know, had nothing to do with Michael Myers. They're going to leave Michael Myers in the past and do a different story every year, which I think is a super cool idea. Unfortunately, everybody on Earth wanted more Michael Myers, so that's where the franchise went back to, obviously. How do you feel? Okay, so separate from Michael Myers, how do you feel about the movie on its own? I'll tell you this right off the bat. The first, like, couple seconds where he plays that really sharp music. I thought, so I watched this at my mom's house right before I came over. I thought something was going wrong in her house. Cause I did not think that was coming. I was like, Ee-ee-ee. I was like, what the crap is that? Like, so it scared me right away. So the whole thing was kind of weird to actually watch it thinking that Mike Myers is going to come out tomorrow. Michael Myers. Like, yeah, you keep saying Mike Myers over and over again. Well, it's just an, it's not, but his name's not Mike Myers. No, you know who they call Mike Myers? The Love Guru. Austin Powers. That's not Mike Myers. It's Michael Myers. Nobody calls Michael Myers Mike Michael Myers. Myers. Hey, Mike, how's the slashing and murdering today? Nobody says that. Okay, anyway, Mike Myers. <laughs> Have some respect. Respect on my name. You chose... What? Have some respect on my name. Have you not seen that whole thing? I don't want to see it. The Birdman. Kind of sounds like you should have respect on somebody else's name. <laughs> on Michael Myers. Okay. So you chose you, horror movies. If you're going to talk horror movies, you're going to talk about them. Right. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you kind of almost for like the first 30 minutes, you really kind of don't know what's going on. Like, you know, what was his story? Why was he killed? What? Who? 
The dad. Okay, yeah. The, like, the guy the, getting chased right away. My thing was, so at this, throughout this movie, I thought it was brainwashing, and then you kind of find out what's going on. I think brainwashing would make, make too much sense. Yeah. I think that, I thought that's what the medallions were for, too. Mm-hmm. But I always, I came out of this movie wondering why he did, I mean, if he had asked, too, why is, why is he going to do it? But I think this movie kind of compels you to, like, question what is going on, but also it kind of tells you what's going on, like... It has very good pacing, I will say. Interesting. Okay. So I've seen this movie numerous times. So clearly I like it. This is, I'd have to rewatch the most recent Halloween to knock it out of it, its slot. But this is my second favorite Halloween movie. In fact, for the longest time, there were two good Halloween movies. The first Halloween movie and Halloween Season of the Witch. Keep in mind, though, I don't think this is necessarily a great movie. <laughs> I think it's got a lot of problems and there's some super cheese, but I enjoy it. The, you mentioned the screeching sound at the beginning and stuff. The score, as we talked about, it has a John Carpenter score, which goes a long way in a movie, man. It, John Carpenter and Alan Holland, Hallsworth, they did the score and uh, yeah, it's pretty excellent. I sometimes will just listen to the score online. It's pretty good. Here's a side tangent question. Does this, can a score make or break a movie for you? It, I mean, it depends on the movie. I don't know if it'll make or break. It will definitely, it can severely hinder or enhance a movie though. Um, for example, the guest, I think the score works pretty well. Uh, I, I think it enhances the movie and I feel like I might not, I feel like that the score helps helped me on this recent viewing get it to a five star, whereas maybe it might not have, but it wouldn't break the movie if it had a different score. Cause I still think the movie's interesting, but I can't, it's almost like drive, right? I can't picture it with a different score. Drive is the obvious comparison, but inception, like I can't picture it with a different score. Inception has the inception score. And uh, that's part of what makes inception so cool in my opinion, but you could get away with a different score if it had one. <laughs> I don't think it'd break the movie. Yeah. We'll say the score was really good in this one. Like it, you know, it kept you on that tension, you know, but also didn't, didn't overpower scenes. You know what I'm saying? The story, the plot, the concept behind this for me helps, but also hurts the movie because it is insane and it makes no sense. We'll go kind of spoilers here. The the overview was slight spoilers anyway. So the big plot, the evil plot has to do with ancient robots, ancient technology. Tom Atkins comes across a robot that was apparently built in the 1700s. They steal huge chunks of Stonehenge and bring bring it to America because the stones have an ancient technology. It's basically some type of magical rock. So it's basically like witchcraft, a Halloween ritual, a mass Halloween sacrifice, computer technology. Like they tie all this together to make these masks that when children wear them and then watch this TV commercial, it turns their head into snakes and insects. (laughs) Like it does. It's insane. It makes no sense. It's, it's wild. Like, I don't get it. I don't. So was he do? Is he doing a genocide type? Well, this last rewatch again. I've Buckle seen, up! I have questions about this movie. No, that's fine. Again, I've seen this a lot, a lot. But this last rewatch, I was kind of really paying attention to it because I knew we were going to be talking about it. His whole thing is, it's a sacrifice. He said it in the old ways or the old time. This is what people did on Halloween. Like it was, they'd sacrifice animals and children to. It doesn't say like the gods, but like he's the gods, but basically, but not exactly like to the earth or whatever, because that's what you had to do because that's how you change the, that's how you affect the world around you. And he's like, you know, and we still affect, we still do that. We still affect the world around us, but we don't need to do that. Well, it's time to bring those old ways back. He just wanted to kill like millions of children in America. And that's going to bring about change in some ondas. Because then my thought wouldn't be wanting to kill the adults and then reprogram or reteach the kids. 
No, it but it seemed it like it was to kill the kid, but also kill the family. It as would well. probably kill the family because snakes crawl yeah. out of the kids' heads. And that was a very disturbing. I love that effect, but it's so it, the concept is just weird. Like you don't really see what happens to their head. That misfire, though, man. Oof. That's rough. the The murders in this show it, it is graphic, but they're all weird. It's not normal. They're all weird. It's not like... So I'm, I'm going to guess the girl is dead or they killed her. Apparently the original writer, and they, they make a nod to it. That's another piece of trivia is the town that they go to is basically they call, you know, it's Silver Shamrocks, the company that's making these masks ran by this guy, blah, blah, blah. The town they go to is... San Marina, I believe, or San Maria. Yeah. Santa Maria which is the same name of a town in the original invasion of the body snatchers movie. And apparently that was more of the direction the original writer wanted to go with this more of a body snatchers type movie, as opposed to, as they said, a knife movie, which I guess means like Michael Myers slasher slasher movie. movie. I don't feel like this goes slasher, but it does have a focus on murders like a slasher movie might the story is definitely paced differently. It's it's a different thing, but maybe that's where the original writer's issue was with the violence because the body snatcher element doesn't come in until the very end with the girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, spoilers, she gets abducted and then the next time we see her, Tom Atkins' character frees her. She just kind of follows him around until after, she waits till after he destroys like the factory and then she attacks him and it turns out she's a robot now. So I assume, yes, I assume she's dead. They replaced her with a robot. And I get the impression that, you know, so that's kind of a body snatchers thing. And I'm assuming maybe the original writer wanted to lean more towards that than, I don't know, this weird. So I was going to ask you too. So what do you think happened to him, the the, the villain? Oh, <laughs> he... Because I don't know if that was their animation for him to be just evaporated. I'm guessing that's what they were going for. I don't know. See, I'm guessing that's what they were going for, but I, I feel like in my mind, he got transported somewhere. I'm like, where did he go? Cause he looked happy. He did. He did. So I, I struggled with his last name, his very, um, Irish Harley. last name. Harley. Or, yeah. But I wanted to mention him because dude, I think he might be the best actor in this. He's so good as a villain. Mm hmm. I don't know his reactions to things and his delivery. I really enjoyed him at the end, even as he's just d- delivering this, like he has the villain monologue. Of course, I don't know if the actor could make sense of it, but like it, the plot, even as he's saying it, it still doesn't make any sense, but man, he delivers it. And he was very entertaining. How do you feel about the, the lead character, our lead, our hero of the this do- movie, the doctor? Yeah. It was weird that he's real smart, you know, educated. He's a doctor. I almost put him on almost like the same level as Flash Gordon. The way he just kind of almost just runs into things. He just kind of does. Yeah. They're not, they're, they're not great. I mean, they're obviously, they're not normal detectives. They're not detectives, even though they're kind of on this adventure, you'd call it, but whatever. No. Yeah. He just blunders right into stuff. And how he's like always the women needs to go. That's a stupid question, you know, like when he wa- she wants to lay down with him. And then he's like basically with this girl and then saying, oh, I would love to have dinner with the other girls. Just like this is so no, he's Gordon. It's unreal. Yeah, you know, he's kind of like he plays him like a ladies man, but I have such a heart. I like Tom Atkins. I like the actor, but I have heart, such a hard time buying that. And also like this chick he goes up there with, they even do the thing where he's like, wait. How old are you? Yeah. He's clearly twice her age. Easy. And, you know, he's not a horrible looking guy, but he's not like, he doesn't really seem suave. I kind of look like Jaws from Bond. (laughs) I I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I don't know. Just their weird relationship always strikes me as kind of funny. And that's why I say this is not a great movie. I think the plot is interesting as it like I like following along like their little adventure thing. Essentially the bigger plot as a whole is insane and doesn't make sense. And I don't buy 
most of the characters. Like I get his characters. He's a little cliche, but I get his character, but I don't know. It's, it's not great. The thing that kind of set, I was like, man, this movie's going to be so cheesy was the first, I meant to say this in the first part, but where he's getting choked out by one of you find out as a robot and the car rolls forward just enough to squish him between, between the cars and it makes like a sound and then he just like falls. <laughs> the robot that's attacking the old, her, yeah. her father, the old guy. At the yeah. Beginning. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird way to start the movie for sure. I guess maybe it makes more sense because he's a robot. Yeah. But my, also my thing was too, is they kind of show that the robots are basically invincible later. And two cars rolling together killed the first one. Well, they're invincible unless you punch them in the stomach. <laughs> because in he, their peanut, he, peanut butter intestines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did pick up that that was orange juice coming out of their mouth. It was. But I was like, oh, and then there's peanut butter? <laughs> like, I don't. And that's another thing. It's so weird, this idea of like marrying some type of witchcraft with technology that, that I really like it. I like the idea of these robots, but I'm like, why are you messing around with this whole convoluted magic technology stonehenge stone? You can make robots and replace people. Why are you messing around with this other stuff? These masks that turn kids heads into spiders and snakes. Yeah, my thing too is the way that they panned the camera when he says, "Oh, it takes sacrifices." I was like, "And she's gonna get sacrificed," <laughs> you know. But then I was thinking, like, but did they make a robot of her because they sacrificed her to the the stone, and that's what I don't know. Oh, that's another thing. It's not even just that it's ancient technology, and that Stonehenge stones have some type of magical ancient technology power, but also the planets were aligned. And that's why they were able to, that's why they'd be able to do the sacrifice and change things back to the old ways. That's what it was. I forgot about the planet. So it's astrology's in there too. I, I don't know what I expected this discussion to be, but it seems appropriate. I don't know, man. Like I recommend it for a long time. I think this movie was generally considered a bad movie and like the worst Halloween sequel which is nonsense. People just kind of give it that because trust me, there are far worse Halloween sequels. Yeah. I think this movie's stronger for being a Halloween sequel that doesn't have to deal with Michael Myers. I still don't think it's looked at it as a good movie and that's probably appropriate, but I think a lot of people have kind of come around to it and recognize its uniqueness <laughs> as not necessarily a con. I enjoy it a lot. I, th I think it's a lot of fun campy fun in a way or yeah. hammy fun that I appreciate it. What do you rate this bad boy? I'm going to say with your, um, your 3.5 rating. What about my 3.5 rating? That's what you're doing. Uh, 3.5 for me. You think you're so effing smart. And I'm going to give you a 3.5 just for the, um, I was going to go four for you just for the score alone, but I'm going to go three, five for you. Three, five is what I rated it. I logged it on Letterboxd earlier tonight and I was curious. So I looked back at what I rated it previously and it, yeah, 3.5. It's, it's the same. I don't watch it every Halloween, but I watch it every couple of years. I watch it. As soon as I started moving, my mom ran out of the house. Why? She does not like horror movies. <laughs> She's like, someone's going to get, the, someone's going to get a knife. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I want to watch it. <laughs> I know it could be me. I know as I sharpen a knife on the couch. <laughs> I don't think anybody gets a knife in this one. They do in the guest. Oh man. That's, now I feel so bad for missing it. Where he just pops the head off. He's like, <laughs> Oh, and it's like, <laughs> like the, the murder. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned it. Let's talk about it. Cause the murders in this are weird, but they definitely, you know, that's why I say that there's a slasher like mentality just in that each murder gets kind of its unique murder. Yeah. Two of them I really kind of bug me. Like I, the effects don't sell it. Like it could be worse. Mm -hmm. But the old guy, when he like the, the robot guy pushes his fingers into his eyes and then grabs that like bone between the eyes and then just goes, Snack. just pulls it a bit and breaks it. I'm like, that's, that's, I don't like it. It's because it's weird. I'm like, 
Why? Why was the thing? My thing was too. I was like, did that? Would that kill somebody? Like, oh, probably. I don't know. It was weird. I was like, why that? So strange. And then the misfire, just because of like what it does to her mouth and stuff. Very weird. Also, that the actress, she was the at the time wife of Tom Atkins, the lead character, but also she did not want to wear the prosthetic mask. So when they go to the whole makeup thing, it's a, a double. She It wasn't actually her. When did she want to wear a mask? Or is it just not? Yeah, maybe couldn't be bothered with it. I'm like, I'm not wearing that on my face. I, I don't know. I don't know what her deal was, but I read that somewhere. So it must be true, right? But also, though, when it does go to the makeup, it doesn't look anything like her. So I completely buy it. I always just assumed it's because it was they did complete makeup over her face. Yeah. But it's gross. Her mouth's like, ugh what they did with her mouth and then the spider crawls out and like it holds on that so long. I couldn't like, tell you, if that was a spider or a bee. I'm pretty sure it was a spider. It, it crawls out of her mouth and up into her hair and stuff. Like, and you watch it, it holds on it for a long time. And then, yeah, those two robots find that one hobo guy who apparently they've let live in that town for this whole time until now. And the one holds him down and the other one just grabs his head and pulls it straight up off. <laughs> and, I like how it doesn't spit blood and he just uh-huh. tosses it to the side <laughs> and we're done. I was reading a little bit about alternate cuts of the movie and, you know, obviously there's if something like this. There's a cut where they had to tone the violence down. During that scene, the blood spray shot, they cut that out. That was too much. <laughs> and then there's some other ones. I don't know. But they're all weird in that way. They're not like somebody just gets stabbed or something. They're all weird. <laughs> It's like really like intensely gory, but not like it is. But like the makeups and the makeups, I like the makeup. It's fun, but it's not that good. Mm-hmm. Like the severed heads look kind of ridiculous, but you're like that dude just pulled that other dude's did head you, straight up off his shoulders. I forgot. What? Did you did you see what they did to do when he and he knocks the girl's head off? Where she has her head through a, a stage and the, the body double has her head in this. Yeah, in the ground, basically. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, you can even just make like a double. <laughs> like, you know? That's another thing. Like the movie handles, treats everything so seriously. But <laughs> in that scene, he crashes because he's got the robot version of the chick in the car. She attacks him. He crashes the car. So she kind of gets mangled up. So then he, she's missing an arm. So he's fighting her outside and then knocks her head off and her head hits the ground and her body falls over. Then he gets in the car and the arm's still in there. So he grabs the arm and then the arm attacks him, evil dead style, trying to choke him out. And he fights the arm for a while and then throws it away and then turns around and the headless armless body is now up and attacks him again. (laughs) And it's just like, dude, how are they not playing this for laughs Uh, at that point? Come on. Because what's funny, too, is when the hand's attacking him, it, like, moves on his head to where you know it's not choking him at that point. And there's there's no reason for it to have leverage on him at that point. Exactly. It's a severed arm. <laughs> so I just picture, in my head, I just picture someone, like... Oh, they totally were, too. Yeah. Like, just out, just outside of frame. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like just, the girl's like, I'm getting your face. Reaching <laughs> up from behind, or under the camera. Yep. And that's that's what I mean. It's cheesy. It's not necessarily good, but it's fun. And it's it's so bad that I can't help but kind of love it. So Jasper, the movie studios have decided you need something to push out for Halloween. There's some Michael Myers movies already in the works, but they really want to work in the Halloween name somehow. Maybe they can pull from some Halloween mythos and combine it with something else for a brand new Halloween The Guest Cinematic Universe. I was struggling. So would they if they were actually trying to do that? Uh, do you have a cinematic universe in mind? Um, the way so I didn't get too too much work on this. Um, <gasps> Jasper, that's a no no this season. Yeah, I um, knew no, you wouldn't. But, so because you literally watched it and then drove straight here to record this. Yeah, I know. I I've been in my own headspace, but I got mm. a new I got a new idea. So I think the first way I thought was that the 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 mass company is KPG now. I like that. The way I want to do it, though, is I think that, let's say the military, whatever, took ideas from the mass company for, of course, because military is going to militarize it. 
Military's going to military. Yeah, military's going military. That should be a shirt. <laughs> yeah, it probably is somewhere. And KPG is now made and makes secret soldiers so that that can't happen again. To avoid the Silver Shamrock incident. Yeah. Okay. But, of course, using some of that technology to fight that technology. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. But, yeah, that's where I was at. And then but the problem might. So I didn't see a way to meld the characters together. But. All right. Well, let me let me hit you yeah. with my ideas because you're not far off of Go the ahead. obvious way, which is what I was going to do as well. So back in the 80s, Jasper, back in the early 80s. Everyone remembers in this cinematic universe. Everyone remembers the silver the silver shamrock incident. Probably not millions, but close to a million children were murdered because he didn't get all those TV stations to stop airing the commercial. Also, that whole end of Halloween three is nonsense, especially if it was like whatever. But back in the day, there was only like three cha- channels anyway. But still, regional time time zones. It doesn't really make sense how it went down. But he got some of them to turn it off. So we're not talking like a apocalypse across America situation, but a bunch of kids died. Of course, Silver Shamrock Man got beamed off into wherever. So he didn't really have to worry about that fallout. But you're right. The military is going to military. And the government was like, what is this? What is this attack on America? So, you know, American history is a little bit different in this cinematic universe. You know, slight alternate history going on. But you're right. They did find this technology. They kind of keyed into it. And jumping forward to the guest, that is the technology they're using to make these super soldiers. If not straight up robots, I'm sure they've experimented with that too. Using like actual soldiers, combining it with basically magic, witchcraft technology to reprogram people. Because mm-hmm. he, this guy, because in the guest, he is reprogrammed. He is kind of. He's a robot. He could be, I mean, if you want to go literal, like he's a robot because he could be one of those robots. They've just been trying to figure out how to make them pass in the real world like a Terminator almost, but still program them like a machine. And then you, that's when you get incidences like what happened in the guest, you know, further proof that this is all the same universe is it's a pretty dark thing, but you know, this is like 30, 40 years removed almost. Their Halloween dance had the three masks in the guest. Did you catch that? Oh, you watched the guest first though, so you probably wouldn't have. But the three masks, the three silver shamrock masks are big decorations in the guest in the dance set up at the end, the Halloween dance. I remember seeing the pumpkin, the mat like the mask. Yeah, they're all there. The 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 witch, the pumpkin, and the skull. Big decorations on the wall. In this universe, given that that's like the symbol of this horrible like child massacre, it's pretty dark, but decades removed, I could see a, a school letting it pass for Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, in my mind, this sets up several things. First off, you've got all the potential of if you want to do some some action installments, what else have these super soldiers done? What other experiments did the government do that failed? There's all kinds of horror and action potential in there. But also, where did Cochrane go? Huh? Did he get vaporized or did he get teleported? Dude, my question is still, my question is still needs to be answered. Well, question that must be answered. In, in the cinematic universe, in one of the movies, we're going to answer that question. He was teleported to somewhere weird for a long time, but then he gets teleported back to Earth. Uh, he's definitely going to be a villain. Maybe he swings in. Maybe he's the leader of KPG. Or maybe it's not even that obvious because he wasn't even, he was like Irish or something. But, uh, you know, he shows up. First off, it's evident that he's crazy. So he's got that going for him. But also maybe he comes back with some weird power, some weird moon rock glowing Stonehenge powers. <laughs> I just picture him floating in the air in a big Stonehenge thing in the back. Yeah. No, we're going to see that because I mean, basically, okay. So here's the whole thing. Secret government agencies, uh, weaponized soldiers with magical ancient technology and eighties action and horror score, John Carpenter style music, put it all together 
farm as many movies out of that as you want. I'm going to watch them all. <laughs> I'm going to watch everyone. This is a winner. I know I don't have a plot by plot breakdown of like a single movie, but I'm selling you a whole line of movies, right? Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to pale in comparison to the guest Halloween three season of the witch universe. We call it the guest of the witch averse. Um, not only that is here's what we're going to get. What happens if Cochrane magical teleported back from the moon? I don't know why the moon, but I'm assuming the moon he comes back. What if, what if one of our movies does something unconventional and makes our protagonist a straight up cold blooded yet smooth, even though he's dead inside murderer and somehow Cochran becomes one of the loose ends that David Ooh. who's still alive at the end of the guest. Cause in my mind, I keep thinking he, they killed him, but they, he didn't, he escaped. What if they have some type of encounter? Okay. So we got a David versus Cochran. Who would win though? Cause you're going magic power against. Well, it depends on what Cochran's powers are. I mean, David is still like, yeah, he's kind of like, he can't use his powers only unless David puts a mask on. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so David has to put the mask on to get power to, for the powers to be effective. Yeah. <laughs> like, see, that's how we take Cochran's super powerful, but people, everyone has to wear a certain mask. In order for him to right. affect them, I can defeat otherwise you. Otherwise, he's can just you, like can a you really put the mask on. Otherwise, he's just a really old guy, but a really old white rich guy. He doesn't need moon power. He's got all the power in the world, <laughs> right? <laughs> His real name is Coke. Coke. <laughs> Cochrane. <laughs> <laughs> because in this version of the world, that's where the Coke brothers really come from. They had to drop the. Ren part uh, mm -hmm. after the massacre because you know that don't look good <laughs> okay jasper well this was uh, this was our first halloween episode of the year yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> next episode we will if the planets align uh we'll be joined by a guest one mr jesse from the grolix podcast because we will be discussing murder party and the Warriors. The Warriors being the main thing. I Jesse had mentioned the Warriors ages ago. So I was like, we got to reach out to him. He mentioned it forever ago. We're finally going to cover it. So we got to bring him on. Uh, the Warriors, I understand, I realize is not a horror movie. But it ties in nicely with Murder Party. And Murder Party is another movie that I've wanted to do for a long time. Uh, because I've been a fan of Murder Party. It's a great Halloween movie in my opinion. It's a good Halloween movie. Okay. I won't get crazy. In my opinion that nobody ever talks about because a lot of people hadn't seen it for a long time, but it's on Netflix. So listeners, if you want to check that out, I, I'm not sure where warriors is right now. I don't think it's streaming on anything. You probably rent it, but murder party is on Netflix. It's an, not, everybody's going to like this one. It looked kind of fun though. It looked fun. That's it. It's it. Uh, murder party is a horror comedy and the warriors is just the warriors. It's ridiculous, but there's like this pairing. There's obvious nods that connect them. So I thought it'd be fun. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Have a great October. Uh, I'm so glad there's a bunch more October left to come. Got lots of horror movies to, to watch and talk about. I've been Randall Sylvie. Uh, hey, you can hear more Grolix podcast and Grolix cinematic universe at grolixpodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at GCU podcast. Follow me at Randall Sylvie and go to randallsylvie.com if you want to see more of the stuff I'm doing or look into, you know, I'll help you with your podcast. How about you, Jasper? You can help him at podedit.com. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, you're right. Don't joke. It's serious business. Business is usual. And by business, I mean business. You pay me. <laughs> so what you're saying, Randy, is that if I had a podcast, you could help me produce it? What? If you had a podcast, Jasper... I feel like you should be aware of this, but maybe you're not. So I'll go ahead and tell you. Mm -hmm. If you had a podcast, you could hire me. This is what I do as a living to help produce your podcast. I can edit your podcast. Oh. If you're launching your podcast, if you have yet to launch it, I can help you with that. I can help you launch it. I can help you pretty much any step in the podcasting process. Exactly. Yeah. 
And if you were to do that, you should go to podedit.com. Contact sign, me through there. S- sign me up. Contact away. All right. Anyway, this has been Jasper. You can catch me on Twitter at, at Carranza Media, which is K-O-R-A-N-S-O Media. And uh, yeah, drop me a drop me a follow. Yell at me if you want to. I don't know. Drop him a follow. He'll respond. I got a new phone. You can shut your mouth. Okay? I told you that phone was my curse. I really was hoping we were going to like knock it out of the park here, but Jasper's laying back in his chair. He's putting masks on now. I wish, I wish I could turn your head into snakes and spiders. <laughs>